And so for any agent that's uh, watching or listening and you are wanting to get involved with us from a coaching relationship standpoint, we will put a link for you to schedule some time to talk to us more about that in the description beneath this video. All right, so a couple stories that came out. Number one, uh, Zillow is planning to expand their post-pay premier agent, which used to be uh, Zillow Flex. I want to talk about that and some interesting uh, insights there. And then we're going to talk about what I believe is a real estate agent's most valuable asset in their business. And then lastly, I want to talk about a lot of agents, especially for whatever reason uh, that we've been coaching, are, are talking about starting a team. So mm -hmm. talk about some pitfalls there to to avoid and what that's all about. So let's let's jump into the Zillow story. So Zillow, historically, as everybody knows, has been a lead generation platform for real estate agents, one that agents would pay X dollars in exchange for leads, and then they would they would uh, do their best to close those leads. Now, Zillow, I think it started in 2019, came out with Zillow Flex, where instead of paying up front for leads, you wouldn't pay anything until that lead actually closes, and then you'd have to pay 30 35%. Now, I think that Zillow doing this is actually genius, but there's some downsides for the agents, but I think they're they're genius because what's happening is essentially they're going from a from a lead buy model to essentially a business partner with realtors, just like a brokerage would. They get 35% of the commission without the complexity of running a brokerage day-to-day -day operational uh, operationally. And the best thing they said in this report, and I'll just read it to you guys, they said the most eye-catching part of this post-pay model is that it's only available to agents that they invite to the platform in that it's only for top-performing agents, which means in markets that are going to this new model that there's going to be a lot of agents that get cut from the old program. And so when they've done this before, like in Rally or in Denver, they had several hundred agents per market get cut from the program because it was only for top agents or top team leaders. So what was your guys' original uh, initial thoughts? And then I want to go deeper on a couple thoughts that I had. Ben? Yeah, so I, I had a very similar you know, take that you did is what a smart move because especially in the economy we're in right now, agents have a scarcity mindset a lot of times. So they, when, when things were really good, they were willing to shell out the, the, the dollars to pay for leads and buy leads. But as the economy has shifted, things, inflation, et cetera, people often cut you know, things like their marketing. And even though they were spending money and it might've been the only source of their business, they might take a step back and cut that. So Zillow, very strategically, only picking and taking their top performing agents and offering this flex, in reality, it probably cost them the exact same amount um, through the end pay versus the prepay for, for the agent and for Zillow. Um, but they have changed the perception that the agent now is winning 
But in reality, probably nothing's changing. If anything, maybe Zillow's winning more. Um, yeah, I 100% agree. I mean, all of what you just said, and the thing is, it is all, well, a little bit of perception, but I think Zillow's saying, well, we can get a lot more for for our leads, but the problem I'm sure they face, like a lot of team leaders do and a lot of broker owners do, and quite frankly, a lot of coaches do, is if the agent doesn't do their part, then it's all yeah. for not, right? So Zillow's saying, well, Colton, I can sell, I can sell you these leads for 150, 200, $200 a pop, $300 a pop, and let you go do what you want with it, knowing yeah. most agents don't have a solid follow-up system. Most of them aren't going to have a high speed to lead. Most of them don't have great yeah. skills, so they convert very, very low. Zillow's saying, well, these leads should be converting. And they've tested this in, in other markets. And they said, well, if we can get these leads into the hands of the right agents and the right team leader, we can get 35% on the back end. And, and Premier was like tryouts, right? That's right. That's exactly right. So I want there's some angles that I that I thought about, but Colton, before I jump into what those are, what are your thoughts? I, I agree. I think overall it's a smart move. Now, what I am curious to kind of see happen is their main source of cash flow, the way they're getting paid now, Brandon, you just touched on, they're, they're getting paid regardless of what the agent does. And what we've been hearing more and more uh, through talking to agents and coaching agents is that those that are working heavily with buyers, the, the hardest thing they're facing right now is not only low inventory, still a little bit better than it was, but still low, but now interest rates, deals yeah. falling apart for that. So I, I find it interesting to see how this is going to play out with the post-pay model now with interest rates at play, Zillow's taking a risk of clients, uh, you know, the buyers falling out, not getting approved, so on and so forth. Whereas regardless before, like you said, they're getting paid either way. And so yeah. I think it's interesting timing. Obviously, Premier's not ending. They they stress that. So they're still going to have Premier as a program, but just in certain markets. So I found that to be interesting with where interest rates are right now. Yeah. I mean, listen, if, if I'm Zillow, you know... I I want I'm I'm probably doing exactly what they're doing. If you think about what they're doing, I mean Zillow's a real estate brokerage now. I mean they're part of NAR, they're a yeah. real estate company. I mean that's what yeah. they are. And so think about it, that's the way I think about this is in terms of okay, what would you rather do? If you had a real estate sales team and you were generating leads for your team members, which is what agents expect to have happen, would you rather get 100 bucks a piece for those? Or do you want 50% of the pie or 30% of the pie or 45%, right? So that's the way I look at it. Zillow's saying, okay, and I don't know how many deals they do per year or whatever, but it let's just call it on 100 transactions. You know, if you're selling those leads at $100 a pop or $200 a pop, that's, that's one thing. To get 35% of 100 deals is a much bigger pie. And so Zillow said in the report, again, another thing I think that's really, really smart, they have thousands of agents buying leads from them, right? Their goal, what I believe has, is happening, and they're doing it right now with this post-pay uh, plan, is they're saying, hey, we'd rather go deeper with a lot less agents than wider with a lot more agents. We will be more profitable. The agents will do more business as a result because we have less partners we're, we're, we're giving the vast majority of our lead flow to fewer agents in a market. 
And that is the piece I want to talk about. This is the thing I think, Ben, I don't know if you were alluding to this or not earlier. This is the interesting part about this. They get almost, you can get, you can get agents hooked on this where it's like, it's hard to get out because here's golden the thing. handcuffs. Yeah. It's the golden handcuffs because if you're getting five, 10 closings a month from Zillow, although you might be giving up 30, 35% without them, you might be doing one. I mean, that that's a huge chicken or the egg. And, you know, margins are just getting thinner and thinner because the other thing I thought about was if Zillow's getting 35%, most of the people on Zillow Flex are these, these large teams, yeah. mm -hmm. right? And so that's the part that's going to be interesting to see how that's going to play out. Does Zillow say, or not Zillow, do the team leaders say, well, we can't, Zillow, we can't make money on this anymore. If Colton, you're on my team, we're on a 50-50 split, right? And Zillow's taking 35% off the top on one of these. But Colton, you're one of my best sales guys. You can convert these leads better than anybody else on, in, in the marketplace. Well, you just got a 35% haircut, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's the other thing that I looked at was, you know, on a, on a $10,000 commission where traditionally... Colton, you were getting five. The way most of these teams are going to do it is that 35% will come off the top before our, mm -hmm. our split. So right. in, instead of spil, uh, splitting 10K, we're splitting 7,500. So now yeah. you're getting 3,750 and I'm getting 3,750. I don't know. I mean, do, do, do teams continue to do that or do they start to look at other avenues, other channels? That will be the Cobra effect or the unintended consequence that Zillow might have to consider down the road. Yeah. What do you guys think? You know, it's like I said, it's, it's interesting to see now what you just said earlier in terms of, um, cause Zillow's business model now primarily having the teams, right? It, the teams can afford a five, 10, $20,000 a month budget up front with expecting some return. S smaller agents can't single agents tinier teams and so maybe this is targeted more towards like you said going deeper with fewer agents this might make more sense for the individual agent uh versus the team yeah that, that that's exactly right you know um when, when i was at yeah that's exactly right and it's just you got to look at the numbers i just don't know how I mean, a lot, most of these teams, and we're going to talk about this later in the show, most of these teams are operating on such thin margins and brokers even on thinner margins. That will be the thing that time will tell is the, is the value return for I me. Mean, listen, a property-specific lead is, in fact, the best, higher, highest converting lead in our, in our business, right? The Zillow, Realtor.com lead where a consumer literally is calling in on a property, Maybe a Zillow rep is talking to them. They got them on the phone. They do a hot transfer to you, Ben. They say, hey, this person's ready. I mean, that's what realtors want, right? Let's right. just call it what it is. That's what they want. Yes, they're all buyer leads primarily. Yes, you could probably get some listings, sure. Um, but but the interesting thing will be at which point does an agent say, well, man, I have to close. I have to do the same amount of work with five Zillow closings than I would one of my own closings where I'm not paying that 35% or I'm not paying this commission split 
at which point does it become you know a negative return that's what i was thinking about and 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 i think what they've done a good job of with the 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 way that they've transitioned is they've taken the agent variable out because they're taking all the top performings they already know this works they're getting rid of all the people that don't cut it and they track this stuff like crazy. So if you're not in the green zone on your response time, if you're That's not in right. the green zone on the amount of times you follow up, all that stuff, you're out. So I think that, I mean, granted, you know, they just had iBuyer fail and different things fail, but they've got a runway to really make this work. And I think there's a lot of agents that are willing to just be busy and be in the business and make 75 100k and be busy then sit at home and try and piece together one deal right um i don't know like obviously if you can the the guy that has the leads is is in control right so if you can generate your own leads obviously it's more advantageous for you to be solo but if that's right if you don't want to do that then and do three times as many deals to be in the business, then it, it can be a good avenue for you. Just know that they can pull the plug and cut mm -hmm. you from the team at any time. You're not well, in control. That's right. And so that brings me into really the next thing I want to I want to get into with you guys, which is what I'm calling what I believe the the most valuable asset that a real estate agent has in their business, which is their their email database and you know because what you just said well let me take a step back we'll, we'll we'll get into this real estate agents primarily are very transactional they're just constantly looking for the next deal the next deal the next deal the next deal most of which wake up and i've done all kinds of surveys on the youtube channel on my instagram you know around agents that are still having to chase Zillow leads 10, 15 years in the game. They still are having to door knock. They're still having to call for sell by owners. They're still having to call expired listings. Well, why? Because if the, the goal of our business, I look at it very similar to building a sales practice mm. like a dentist does like a chiropractor does, like a doctor does, like a CPA does, like a financial advisor does. And I think most agents that get into the business don't think about it like that. They think of it just as a transactional business because of the way in which we get paid. We sell a house and we get paid and then we have to go sell another house and we get paid. But I am under the belief you can build a residual business model if you prioritize the database and specifically the foundation of the database is the email newsletter and the the thing that reminded me of this was outside of real estate you guys like outside of our industry the email uh capture is every business's number one priority every internet marketer every online or and offline business their goal is to build this database. Why? Because now they own a lead pool, if you will, that is not subject 
to what social media algorithms do. It's not subject to any type of, you know, uh, communication laws that potentially get in, in, in the way, right? People are opting into a list and it puts you in control of your business. And this hit me just fairly recently, you know, and most real estate agents don't prioritize building the email list the way that other entrepreneurs are. And I think they go back to regret it the same way that I did. And so I want to talk about some tactical things in just a minute. But what are your guys' thoughts on that? Just the, the transactional piece versus the importance of, of actually building leads and getting them into your world. Go ahead, Colton. It's it's huge. And this is actually helps. The, the last thing I wanted to touch on with the Zillow piece that they mentioned in that article that relates directly to this is they've been talking about and they touched on that article about them creating... Um, I think they call it a super app, right? Yes. A super yeah. app. And, you know, they're going to have everything and everything's becoming corporatized, commodity, you know, commodity. It's all like sameness. And so an agent's number one opportunity in a world of AI and a world of commodity is connection and relationship with their clients and having a newsletter that provides value and going into the, some of the tactics that we'll talk about is huge and it's a way to keep those relationships up at scale. That's um, right. And so yeah. I think it's a massive opportunity. Yeah, and because you just nailed it. Because the thing is, these these agents' databases are getting marketed to, just not by them. By yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're opting in to other people's newsletters because the agent's not doing it and they're getting taken like right underneath their nose, right in their backyard. And the goal, I want let me paint a clear vision and then we'll kind of back into maybe some more tactical things. Is for a real estate agent every year to look at the people they talk to, the clients in which they serve as how do I give this client such an amazing experience that when I close the deal, that's when things begin, not end. That's when the relationship starts. It's not finalized at the closing table. That's how most agents think is I closed a deal and it's over, I got paid, and that's the finish line. If you just alter that frame and you look at this business the same way, we'll call it a, um, a CPA. That's a great analogy, okay? It's a, it's a service similar to ours where they're, the, the, CPA, the CPA says, okay, I'm gonna work with Colton Fisher. My goal is to work with Colton Fisher forever. Because yeah. every year he's got to do his taxes, right? Well, my goal as a real estate agent is to treat that relationship in my database the same way where I'm managing a book of business where every year my goal is to communicate with Colton and everybody else in my database in such a way where I'm managing a larger asset than many of these people are with their financial planners. Yeah. And they go see their financial planner, what, once, twice per year? That's what I meet with my guy. But people's home and their asset and their mortgage and their debt and all of that's not being reviewed, certainly not by a mortgage loan officer, certainly not by a real estate professional. And that's what I'm suggesting so that you can have a business that is self-sustaining. And the newsletter being the tactical thing that allows you to scale your communication in a way where you're serving all of these people on a weekly basis. Ben, you were going to say something, I think. Yeah, I think if we look at it like um, exactly like to give it maybe an analogy or whatnot is 
thinking of it like people are crazy right now about passive income, right? Yeah. And do you want to do everything like you're describing from scratch every single time? We talk a lot about outbound prospecting. Whether you do Zillow leads or you do outbound prospecting, you can be transactional, right? Yeah. Or you can capture that and really deliver on the back end like you're talking about. And then all of a sudden the business gets easier. You don't have to do those deals forever. So it's like, look at it as like real estate. You buy a piece of real estate once, you put the money out, but then you get this cash flow continuously through. And in our business, to have a sellable business, you have to have something of value. And I believe it would be that book of business, that email list to be able to transfer that to the next generation, whether that's a, a younger business partner or a child or even be more sellable than that. Um, that's, I think, how you could create like a legacy through your business versus most realtors don't have retirement. They just hang it up and disappear. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think the problem is, to be fair, why a real estate agent may be listening or watching or has thought this, certainly I have in the past, why maybe they haven't prioritized the, the email newsletter is because they themselves don't see the value in it. So like, mm-hmm. oh, people don't care. Why would they open my emails? And that, I guess, leads us into, well, let's get tactical for a minute because here's what we're yeah. talking about. I have opted into numerous email lists. And it's so funny we're talking about this because I think later this week, we're going to have a big announcement for the entire audience for our new email list for real estate agents where we're going to share our our best tactical content with that newsletter that we don't even share on YouTube. We don't share on Instagram. We, we, we don't share it anywhere else it, except for the people that subscribe to the email newsletter. And that sets this up perfectly. So if you're a real estate agent watching or listening to the show, consider this. Consider thinking about your email newsletter, the reason why maybe you've dismissed this. We're not talking about the templated thing from your CRM that's you know cookie cutter, low value, just garbage. We're, we're talking about a piece of content that you send out to everybody in your database every week that is so valuable that people are waiting by their computer minutes before that email drops because there's so much value. And that's the first piece of advice. When you start an email newsletter, you want to have it drop on the same day and the same time every week to train the audience so that you can start to build up that momentum. Maybe you drop it every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Maybe you drop it every Friday morning. Maybe you drop it every Monday morning. Pick it. doesn't matter. But whatever you do, pick the same day and the same time. Mm-hmm. And then you start talking about, okay, well, what should I put in this thing, Brandon, Colton, Ben, guys, what do I put in this? So what are your thoughts, Colton, as far as the content goes? Because that's always the question we get. Well, even, even a step before that, not only the content, but you just talked about the due date, the D-U-E date, when they're going to send it out. What I think agents, part of the reason they don't commit to something like this is because they don't set a due date, D-O. When are you going to do it? Mm-hmm. When are you going to write it? Right. So it's always, you know, send send out a weekly email this day, this time. Like, okay, well, what's your process? How are you going to fit it into your schedule for creating it? Right. And so, so, yeah. In in terms of like you would prospecting, 
just like you would prospecting. You you don't you know you don't say, hey, I'm going to go to listing appointments these days of the week. It's like, well, that's right. To, you know, that's your goal. You've got to slot it out, but you got to do the work to get there first, right? That's right. That's um, a great point. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, nothing. I mean, I just I'm thinking about that, and and you're right. It's it's the it's the same thing with a lot of the systems and processes that realtors don't have. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily because of the, the 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 strategy, the tactic. It's the it's the to your point, the doing of the thing. Whether that be making a video, writing a blog, sending an email newsletter, sending your birthday cards out to your clients. Like I can conceptualize that, but now we have to build in time into into the schedule of okay, when are you going to sit your rear end in front of your computer and really focus on this thing again? Because agents are so transactional-minded, they're like, well, how is that going to get me a deal today, now? You know, It's like, well, if you could think long-term, you could communicate with thousands of people for free with something that is more valuable than anything else. And how do I know it's that valuable? Well, if you just look at the news, it's hard to debate otherwise. If an agent just Googles, Local market or whatever their mar- Tampa, Florida housing market, they're going to see headlines where hundreds of thousands of people are clicking on in their market, and they could be that person that disseminates that information. So, yeah, I think that that's smart. So, number one is same day, same time. Before that, when are you going to do it? When are you going to write it? And then we'll get to content. But Ben, did you want to add something to that? <laughs> No, I was just going to go on to kind of a next another point. Um, when I was thinking through this for myself, it's like, man, I'm not. I hate the idea of writing. I hate the idea of trying to sound like these like corporate newsletters I get. And I think what's really important to keep in mind is one, be yourself. Yeah. Because if you like one, I think be yourself. And then two, like have a casual style. It doesn't mm-hmm. need to be corporate. I think it needs to be conversational, personalized. But then I had, you know, write things that you're interested in. So if you're interested and maybe your desire is to sell more lakefront properties, then like niche down. Don't just go like huge topics, national real estate, but niche down to the point where you're talking about, okay, like in Michigan, the ice is out. This is when it's out. These are the activities we're coming into this season. This is the new boat. This is, you know, some sailing mm-hmm. tips, whatever. But if you have some of those things that you enjoy, you're going to attract your audience through that. And then you, when they meet you, you're the same person and, and you guys can kind of work through that lake property, something you're passionate about, et cetera. Yeah, hundred percent. And and that's the thing. It's like we, if you're gonna just do this to check a box, like it's not you're not gonna get traction. If, if you're writing it because you heard on some podcast that you should have a weekly email newsletter, it's not gonna. The whole campaign, the whole idea won't work. You have to. Re, it's like anything, right? What you put in is what you get out. If you have an email newsletter that's worth it, then it will serve, I think, what you want it to do. And what we want it to do is communicate value to a large population of people in the database because be, that's what you want to touch them consistently. 
You want it to be something that people look forward to. And Ben, you just nailed it. You know, it's like, what's what what is going on with your local community? What are the things happening? What are the new restaurants? What are the new events? We're just coming off Memorial Weekend. You know, what's the recap of that? What happened locally? You almost want to think of yourself as the local news anchor. And you're yeah. reporting the news, both with local community news, the housing market, real estate strategies, and then what's happening inside of these real estate transactions that you can give insights into that people don't maybe realize to help them avoid landmines. Those are the four topics that I kind of think through when I say, okay, here's what this email newsletter is going to be about. And Ben, I think you hit it. You have to write it. Email newsletters do so much better when they come through or they come from an authentic point of view, not a, you know, you're not writing an essay for for your high school, you know, English class. You know what I mean? Like you're writing it in a way that's captivating the audience, you know, and you're sharing very um, deep rooted, I think, content that piques people's curiosity that you think they would care about in a way that is conversational. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really, really important because yeah. as you're prospecting, as you're doing, not only when you close your deal, you're going to put clients into a raving, raving fan club aftermath, but as you're prospecting, as you're gathering email addresses, you're taking this, this, the information of these people in your community, you're putting them into a centralized location where now you control the narrative. You control the communication, and that's the goal. That's what we're looking to do. Yeah, and I think this can, you know, incorporate into, well, let me step back. It's not a replacement for one of the things we talk a lot about, which is like your weekly follow-up, right. um, you know, to your your for sale by owners, your expireds, anything, any deals you're trying to work through. This is just kind of in addition to, and you can even work it into that system, you know. I think the problem is, go going back to what you said earlier, um, it, it's a great point. A lot of agents want to get caught up in, all right, well, well, how do I do this? How do I do that? You know, and, and then you said like, well, don't just check a box, right? Maybe in the beginning, if I could, could, could push back on that, maybe it is important to check the dang box just to get started doing it. Right. Um, because I think a lot of the times the reason people don't get started is because of all of the questions. Well, what platform should I use? What, how should I sh design it? How is this going to fit into that? You know, now over time you can, either learn from somebody or kind of figure out your own system. Uh, but I think just to get started doing it and kind of incorporate it into what you already have is going to be big because there's just so many what ifs and how to do this and how to do that. And it's just like, get the dang thing out. And then over time you could get feedback or go, you know, uh, they call it funnel hacking in the marketing space, right? Go, f go email newsletter, hack a couple of local agents in your market or across the country and start to model those. That's that's the only thing I would add to that because they'll, they'll get stuck in creative avoidance like we talk about quite a bit. It's a great point. It's a great point. And I guess, yeah, to, to clarify, I guess what I was saying was what I'm, what I, I think that if an agent can just at least, they can get started, but if, if they could stay away from that, like, okay, you sign up for CRM X, right? And they've got all these canned emails yeah. that you can send. I'm just saying, stay away from that. Just sit down, 
sure. for 30 minutes and write like three or four sentences about yeah. something. Because here's the thing, like, let me just, instead of telling people, let me show people. I think that's the better way to do it, right? Let me um, pull this up for a second. Just so I can give the audience kind of what we're talking about, right? So if like any agent can do this at any time they want, they could just go like Nashville housing market and they could just hit news and they're just going to get a bunch of things to talk about. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to overthink this. You could just put, you know, um, Nashville real estate news. Same thing, right? Just things that are, are happening that you don't even have to think through. You could put in, you know, Nashville business news, same thing, and say, okay, what are the top stories, right? This is two hours ago, five hours ago, Jack, uh, Jackson named best in business by Nashville Business Journal. I mean, these are all things to discuss potentially in your weekly email newsletter, right? Um, and, and the list goes on and on and on and on. I just, I want to give people the uh, the confidence to just start where it's like, I just don't know what to write about. Just Google. Go ahead, Colton. And in addition to that, you know, because, okay, well, what should my subject line be? Or how, the, the best copywriters in the world, these, these you know, That's news right. anchors, they've, they've come up with the theme of your newsletter for you. And a good, uh, maybe a good way to kind of just get started is to, and it's kind of what we did like from uh, the, the Zillow article we talked about earlier with, um, or the Inman article when they talked about how Zillow, we just read some stuff on the article and we kind of put our thoughts behind it. And so literally quote the, the article and then put some thoughts behind it. Quote the article, put some thoughts behind it. And um, That's it. Another, another frame to look at this through in terms of the creation and the aesthetic. And like you said, oh, should this be all branded or a canned template? Just ask yourself, if I was writing my mom an email or my my fellow agent an email, how how would it be formatted? What would it look like? And don't stem too far from that. That's you know? right. Yeah, and, and you just gave a really good tactical thing. We call it the DJ Khaled method, right? It's like, just take what is already there that we know the audience likes and remix it. Yeah. What are yeah. your What's your take on the new restaurant that just opened? What was your experience with the new coffee shop that just opened? What's your take on home sales being down 23% in Tampa, Florida? What's your take on it? What's your take on people moving out of this area into this area, the top neighborhoods, the worst neighborhoods, this price point, that price? Just what is your take on it? Because there's no right or wrong. That's what's so great about journalism. Is it? There's not a right point of view. It's just your point of view. That's what makes you unique to your own content. Anything else to add there? No, I think it's phenomenal. All right. Yeah. So let's let's get into this this other burning topic that seems to just come up all the time, just inside and outside, quite frankly, of our coaching community. And that is the idea of starting a real estate team. So I'm going to try my best not to offend anybody, but I seem to <laughs> struggle with that quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> but I was in a coaching session with one of our agents and I'm not going to say names, but we we came to an agreement that the reason she was wanting to start a team was simply because she was trying to avoid working with the client. Mm. You know, it's like, well, you know, you can you can beat around the bush all you want, but he, the thing I see most new 
team leaders. I'm talking about people that don't have a team yet that have this idea that they want to start a team. The idea comes from most of the time, if we're just being blatantly uh, honest, brutally honest, rather, it's because you don't, you, you don't, we don't want to deal with the client anymore. Mm-hmm. You're saying, how can I create a business where I can make money from these other agents and not have to do the hard work? That's that's the, that's the reality. And for me, there's no worse reason to start a business is by avoiding some pain point or no, that's not a good way to do it. It's it's to avoid the actual work that we're in and saying, how can I get these other mules to do it? And let me sit back and make money from them. But that's the idea that most people that want to start a team, that's how they originally think about it. And my argument to that is uh, uh, somebody that wants to start a team has a set of skills that allows them to pull from other people more than they can pull from themselves, that would be a good skill set to monetize in that world. But if you think you're going to monetize because you're like, dude, I hate working with clients. I hate talking with the consumer. And because of that, that's my company's vision. Because if Bob's on your team, Colton, let me ask you, what's the vision of the company? Well, it's because I fucking hate clients and I want yeah. to work because I want you to work with them and I don't want to. That's the vision. Isn't that exciting? Yeah. And so I, I don't want to totally demolish that that first point. But I think that someone who says to themselves, I want to be responsible for other human beings' livelihoods, I think you you owe it to them and owe it to yourself that the reason you're going to bring an agent into your world has to be something more than just you hate clients. Mm-hmm. I don't know what your guys' thoughts are on that first point. Go for it, Ben. It's it. So I I think it's um. I, let's say sales skills are not leadership skills, right? That's right. So even if you're phenomenal at the sales process, but you're you want to get out of it, doesn't mean you're going to be a great leader. And I think we see a lot of teams form because, hey, I'm selling a lot of houses. Um, you know, maybe some people approached me, and I'm going to just bring this person on and start a team. But in reality, like one of the points I had um, was just, you know, it, it it's more about like the first person you attract is probably not the person you should be hiring mm. because you're probably attracting somebody a lot like you. Where in reality, I think you should be tr- probably creating some leverage first and hiring more of an admin person, which is complete opposite of you, most likely. Like yeah. extremely detail-oriented, sitting yeah. in the background. They're not the QB. Um, and which means you're still in the front line. You're still with the clients. You're just having somebody help you with the process so you can do it more. Yeah. Well, let me it's- hold on. Go ahead, Colin. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I was going to say, just to touch on Ben's point, like you're in a, you're in a completely new business. It's not like, Oh, I'm going to be an agent and and then I'll, I'll, I'll grow through. It's like, you're going from being a running back, Marshawn Lynch to Aaron Rodgers. Like it's just different. You're in a different business, you know? And to Ben's point there now, again, there's multiple ways to do it. There's no right way or wrong way, but you should start a team out of necessity and you should do it in the right order. Like you should be forced to bring on that assistant, not because, Oh, I want to have this big business and do all these deals. It's like, man, I, I, 
I can't see my kids any week. Like I got to help someone to get all these, these signatures and these dates, make sure we're online. So, you know, I think Ben, you're spot on with that. Yeah. And you said another point, Ben, that I think is a mass assumption where you said these agents that are selling a lot of houses wanting, I see it the opposite. I see well, yeah, agents I, that don't sell a lot of houses being the ones that want to start a team. And you know what? Well, I had an ego, 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 ego. That ego. was one of my big points. Yep. Yeah. And we'll go, we'll come back to ego, but here's, here's the thing. Agents that are selling a lot of houses, they're selling a lot of houses. And as a result, they're making a lot of money. And the agents that aren't selling a lot of houses try to get cute and say, well, let me go start a team. I'm not selling a lot of houses. That's the issue, gentlemen. Mm. That's the issue is no one's going to follow you. If you haven't walked the walk, what mm. makes you think that you're going to go hire people and show them how to do it? Because this was the other piece of, of conversation that I've had with agents. It's like, well, what is your value proposition to an agent coming into your team? And they always say leads. And I'm like, well, mm. if, if they always say leads, they always say splits, they always do the same thing an agent says when I say, why is a seller going to hire you? They start to fall into this mule behavior. Well, I'm going to offer them this. I'm going to offer them this. I'm going to offer them this. I'm going And all they're doing is commoditizing themselves in the marketplace because there's always another team or another brokerage where they can get all those, th all those things and get a better split. Yeah. Because they can't, what they're forgetting is the real value of leadership is to help one person perform better with you than they could on their own. That's the value offer. And if you've never walked the walk, it will be very difficult for you to do that for another person when you can't do it for yourself. And so that's the argument Ben I would make is like agents that are selling a lot of houses most of them aren't that interested in building a big ego-based team. They want to build a production-based team, which are two very, very different things. The agent that doesn't sell a lot of houses sees the shininess. Well, I can have all these buyer's agents, and I can just go buy them a bunch of leads, and I can sit back with yeah. my feet up, make a little split from them. And those, that, those models rarely, rarely work. It's a revolving door. Agents quickly say, wow, there's not there. It's like that Wizard of Oz moment. They're like, there ain't no value here. Like, I can just go. That's what you think is you gave Zillow your credit card. I can get my, 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 can get my credit card too. You know what I mean? And that was my point of this whole topic around starting a team is that it is a completely different business to Colton's point. You have to have a client experience system. You have to have a process. You have to have business processes. It isn't buy lead, get commission split. Right. If that's what you believe having a sales team is, I think you, you're you're going to have a very difficult, frustrating road. Well, and yeah. to that point, that's an absolute necessity for you know any company or business is to have processes and in a plan in place. And so, I would suggest maybe. You know, like you mentioned, one of the main, another main reason agents want to start a team is because they want to get out of the the working with the client, right? Well, yeah. 
I would suggest to them, maybe take a look at your own process. Maybe the reason you don't like working with your clients is because you don't set expectations. You don't have a process. And so maybe start there for yourself and make your life easier now. And then, you know, sure, if you bring on an admin or a client experience or grow from there, but like start with those things now, treat yourself like a business first, and then maybe venture to open up a, 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 an actual business, if you will. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm saying is like, man, I, again, I'm not going to, I would never name names, right? Like I'm not going to attack anybody. That's just not my, I don't think that's my, that's not our style, right? But it pains me. You, you got the agent that's been in the business for a year. He sells 18 houses and he's going to go build a team. I want to fly to his house and say, what are you thinking? Shake him and say, man, oh man, what, what are you thinking? Or the agent who on one hand says how bad he's struggling and then other t on, on the other hand said, I want to start a team. I want to be responsible for other humans. The first thing in leadership and you know, is in John Maxwell talk. Any anybody knows the first step in leading others is to lead yourself. I mean, mm. that's step one. Can you lead yourself? You know, because you will get exposed when you bring other humans into your world. Because we know people don't have business problems; they have personal problems that show up in their business. So on day one, if you're a hot mess. And you can't get your rear end out of bed. You can't show up on time. You don't have any skills. And your team member says, okay, well, Colton, man, I'm struggling to with that first conversation with these leads you're buying me. Could, could you show me how to do it? What are you going to do? Well, I'm not, I don't call those things. Do as I say, not as I do. I have no right. idea how to talk to those people. Wait, you don't? No. Well, could you go with me on the appointment? Hell no. I've never been on an appointment. <laughs> I what are you talking you about? <laughs> and so... I, again, I don't mean to be so, um, I don't know what the word is. Maybe you guys can help me out, but, um, crash. What is it? Crash, crash, yeah, crash. Pro probably. I mean, I just, I, I think that there's, it is such a big responsibility to bring other humans into your world. We see it all the time with agents that hire ISAs or hire assistants. It's always their fault. You know, they, they want to, look through the glass instead of looking at the at the mirror. Colin, you and I talked yeah. about this last week. It's like, well, yeah. it's their fault. It's their fault. It's their fault. That's another thing is if you can't own it, mm -hmm. a team is a reflection of its leader, period. Mm -hmm. And so if you're watching or listening to the show, if that's a if you can't accept that, you got no business leading other human beings. If you can't own the fact that if they're screwing it up and if they're not doing it right, it's not their fault. It's your fault. Right. It's your fault because a team is a reflection of its leader, period. That's why in professional sports, they don't fire, you know, LeBron James. They're nope. firing who? Oh, that's right. The coach, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Right. The, the, the business that is struggling, who's the first one to go? It isn't the receptionist, you know, on the seventh floor. It's the CEO. Bye-bye, motherfucker. Bye-bye. Next CEO, it's the leader. The fish rots from the head. Yeah. And so quickly, we'll just get into the two team models. You know, there's one that's based around the producer. You know, this mm. is the 
the rainmaker, the person who has a thriving real estate sales practice that is in business with the client. And they build a model that's similar to like a doctor where they've got a team of nurses or administrative people around them where all they're doing are the highest dollar productive things. Talking to the client, meeting with the client, getting the contract signed, and then her team of nurses are doing everything else. The other is more like a, a team ridge yep. where it's a team. It's like a brokerage. It's a business. That's a whole nother model that requires somebody very talented running that. That's what these agents want is that model more, more so than the other model. But it requires, to Colton's point, a whole new set of character traits, whole new set of of business acumen that I think a lot of agents you don't get in the first year. It takes some time to build. Yeah. So th those are, I guess, my thoughts when I see these agents that again that are still learning to walk, want to start a team. Yeah, I think what happens is maybe you are doing a little bit of production, right? And people approach you that are new in the business and they want to do it too. And you're, yeah, come on, join me. And people just say yes to everyone and it needs to be 90% no. That's right. And you need to, I think you just also have to have a really clear business plan about what model you are building, what your goal is and kind of have a hiring like plan, right? Okay, we, we need to, Put this person in place then this person this person right i know my system works for me but is it repeatable if i bring somebody on can they repeat what i am doing right um and really system like, then these agents don't have any system it's <laughs> right, like i'm gonna right. get them boom i'm gonna get them boomtown and then i'm gonna spend a thousand dollars on google paper click leads and that's the team yeah no not gonna happen right yeah no i mean not it won't I mean, that's why brokerages are failing at a big level is because yeah. they're trying to lead with no field experience, right? Yeah. So if it, if an agent thinks they're going to do it, it's just not going to happen. I, I think it's 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 another reflection of, um, you know, I Grant Cardone talks about this a lot. You know, that like the the middle class is gone, right? I think it's pretty similar in the real estate business. You're either small and mighty, or or you've got you know the the saying. The best way to make a small fortune in real estate is to start with a big one, right? Mm. And so you've got the money. You like either you are going, you know, mega megatropolis, or like you're you're small and mighty. It's gonna. I don't know if there's gonna be much room for the in between with with the way things are right now. Well, let me just add what what I almost forgot to add. This this is what prompted this topic that I want to cover in this episode was the agent I'm talking about. She had like I think I don't know. I'm gonna get close to the numbers, eight agents, okay? Eight agents and like four admin people on the team. And last year, man, I wish I had the notes because I think they sold something like, and they didn't have eight agents last year, but this year I know that they sold about tw uh, between 20, I think 20 houses year to date, all right? And so we're making this episode on my birthday on May 30th, right? So you've got almost six full months so 20 divided by, yeah, what's the numbers, Ben? What is that? I think it's like four deals a month, one a week. Three. 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 3.3. <laughs> yeah, we'll call it, give her benefit of the doubt. Four deals a month with eight agents and four admins. It's like she's making less than minimum wage to run this yeah. highly complex business model. And what I told her was, have you ever considered that yourself, if you sold half as many homes. Well, and 
quite frankly, nine of the deals were hers. If you just sold the nine and had no team, you'd make triple the money. Because what yeah. people don't realize is how draining having That's team right. members is. Yeah. I oh think you gosh. think that like they're gonna, it's it's this grass is greener type of thing, but in reality, usually they don't want it as bad as you do. They they just right. want it kind of handed to them, right? They need all their questions answered when you're not available, right? It's just it's it's the whole it's the whole idea that we talk about getting rich on an on a spreadsheet. Yeah. The difference between well, listen, if I got Ben, listen, if I get ten agents and they all sell twenty five houses and I get thirty five percent of each one of those, dude, I'm gonna be rich. Well, that's one thing. Then doing it is a whole nother thing. The whole idea of buying leads or getting leads is so easy to say and so hard to execute. There's so much nuance into making that a profitable business endeavor that most just so underestimate. They have no clue what goes into having a system of lead conversion and how much work goes behind that, how much tracking, how much effort, how many systems and operational things to to get dude we're talking about marginal conversion we're talking about a two percent conversion to make that thing profitable we're not talking about this i mean success is in between the lines and it's very very thin and in order to get that you need amazing processes amazing systems phenomenal skills and i think that's why a lot of agents find themselves like dude it's not worth it ben to your point i'd make a lot more money have a lot less headache if i just sold myself and so right. that was the point of this is like, just consider all these things before you think the grass is greener, getting a bunch of other people to do it all. Easy to say, hard to do. No doubt. So again, uh, as you guys leave us this morning, if you guys have questions or you guys want to talk about potentially a coaching relationship, just you could schedule some time below, talk to somebody on our team about our Listing Agent Academy coaching program, decide if it's for you or not. And then we'll plan on seeing you guys tomorrow morning.